Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. So glad to see you today. It's a good morning. Nobody's with me. It's a good morning, I said. Californians are a little bit fickle because... I found it to be the case that so as the weather is, so often it is in our hearts. And aren't you thankful that today is a good day? The weather's beautiful outside. Aren't you thankful that it warmed up a little bit? Someone was teasing me this week that the air smells different. And I said, you can tell when spring is here. I don't know. Anybody, anybody with me on that? You could just smell that something is different? No, just me. Okay, well, that's all right, because it's my prophetic nose. What? Okay, so this morning I wanted to share with you, uh, my name is Cody, in case we haven't met And uh, I'm really excited to share. I believe that what the word of the the Lord this morning is something that's going to encourage you. It's going to strengthen your faith. Come on, anybody need a little bit more faith today? Anybody excited about that? Man, I really just hope even as the people that are streaming online can feel what's happening in this tent today. There's such a great sense of God's presence with us. And I believe that just the word I want to share today is a word of encouragement. I believe that, uh, man, this year has been discouraging to say the least. And I, I know that what God wants to share is uh, something that's going to encourage us. I want to bring love from Pastor Ben and Caressa. Don't we love them so much? Let's share just how much we're thankful for them. And uh, really so thankful that they're taking this time just to rest and recharge. I know, unfortunately, that can be a rare thing in ministry to have the time to rest, but we're so thankful they have the opportunity to do that. And uh, last week, Pastor Jake shared an incredible message um, just about managing the mystery. He reminded us that the revelation God brings to our life isn't about us. It really is meant to go through us to the life of somebody else. And uh, I want to pick up off the back of that thought today, really from Acts chapter 7, to read a passage of scripture together uh, that I believe um, just is going to strengthen your faith. And I want to speak to you from this title, What Makes the Son of God Stand Up? What makes the Son of God stand up? Acts chapter 7, we're picking up verse 54. It says, now when they heard these things, they were enraged. We're picking up on a story here where in the, they, in this situation, refers to the Sanhedrin. It was the high council of Jewish law. And right before the, the, the court there that day, there stood a man called Stephen. And Stephen uh, had become faithful. He had become known for living a life of faithfulness. And, and he preaches this message. And in his message, he was accused of blasphemy. And so the Sanhedrin, the high court, had committed to stone him to death. There at the very end of his life, we're reading this story. And this is what begins to take place is after a life of faithfulness, preaching, and even in the face of death, This is what it says. It says, when they heard these things, they were enraged. They were so mad, they ground their teeth at him. Look at somebody and just go, ah, ah. Verse 55, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. The reason this passage stands out to me today is because literally at every other point in the New Testament, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus, his work has been accomplished. The job has been fulfilled and he is enthroned and placed at a position of honor and glory, seated at the right hand of the Father. But here in this passage, Jesus is standing. The question I began to ask myself is, what would merit this position change? What makes the Son of God stand up? 
talking today about faithfulness. I just wanna say to you today, God still cares about faithfulness. God still cares about faithfulness. It's still a big deal to him. And listen, I know there are people today that are discouraged. Can I just tell you, God cares about faithfulness. You may feel like you have lost a lot in 2020. God cares about faithfulness. Right here, as we pick up in this scripture, we understand many times for us in our life of faith, we try and work out our breakthrough. We try and work out our miracle and we say, what do I need to do to get God to move? Like, I want God to just do something, stand up and help. So we try to think maybe, maybe it's, I need to pray more. Maybe I need to worship more. Can I just tell you today, God cares about faithfulness. Faithfulness is what makes the son of God stand up. As we get this picture here today, I see Jesus like giving a standing ovation over Stephen's life. We understand what makes the son of God stand up. What does God honor most? I wanna tell you today, heaven's applause won't be given to the most successful, but to the most faithful. Heaven applauds, it honors, it recognizes faithfulness. Second Chronicles 16, nine, it's a verse I memorized in high school. It says this, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro across the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I get a picture of Jesus in heaven today, looking across this tent, wondering whose hearts are fully committed to me. Looking across Orange County, whose hearts are fully committed to me. I get a picture of God looking for the ones that are willing to stay faithful despite discouragement, looking for the ones who are fully committed to Jesus in this place. Can I tell you today, God wants to use you, but you don't have to be the smartest person. Why? Because he already knows everything. Come on, God wants to use you, but let me tell you, God doesn't need to use the most gifted people. Why? Because he himself is the gift. God doesn't need to use the most popular people. Why? Because there's only one celebrity when we get to heaven and his name is Jesus. Come on, let's give him praise together this morning. Hallelujah. God cares about faithfulness. You know, one of the things that my wife inherited when she married me, like personality, good looks, come on, a sense of humor. My wife did not inherit a handy man. For me, the building process is something that I struggle. I don't, I, I don't consider building to be one of my gifts. Let me tell you, I moisturize my hands and I build people's lives, but I don't build anything else. We're renting a place right now. I have literally called people to change the light bulbs, okay? This is a true story. I don't, I, I, I don't like to build things because I know it's not a strong suit. And at this age in my life, I'm about to turn 30, I just learned you only do things that you're good at, okay? Then everyone will think that you're like awesome. Just don't show anybody that you're, you're bad at this. And this is, this is what I began to, to think about this week as I began to think about faithfulness because I remember a story when right as we got married, my wife and I, we ordered a bunch of new furniture for our place. And there on the online checkout screen at the very last page, you have the choice to purchase the installation package. Let me tell you, as a new husband, I was trying to show off. I was trying to be the provider of my family. I was trying to be a man of God. And I said, we don't need the installation package. I got this. Let me tell you, bad move. Because when I, yes, yeah, some of the men are with me today. Bad move. Because what happened is the furniture showed up and it wasn't assembled, it showed up in pieces. And so what I began to do is lay out all the pieces on the floor and I began to hold pieces in my hand, trying to find how to assemble this. And I found myself getting so frustrated. 
Maybe you can relate to me because what I found is that the pieces in my hand didn't match the picture that I was looking at. And so I was picking up different pieces and looking through the manual and I'm going, who makes this stuff? Why are all the instructions in Swedish? Come on, I need some help. And I found myself frustrated, really because what I was holding didn't match the picture that I had in my mind. Maybe you can relate to me. Sometimes expectation is so much different than reality. Come on, 2020 wasn't anything like what we expected. Hello. Quarantine, it wasn't anything like what we expected. We thought, ah, it'll be a couple weeks, one year later. We thought, oh, I've got all this free time. I'm finally going to have time to work out after that six-hour Netflix binge. Quarantine, we thought, man, I'm finally going to have time to spend with my family. Then we think, man, I can't stand another minute with these people. (laughs) We think in quarantine, man, I'm going to do all these fun projects. I'm going to make fresh bread. And then the kitchen's a mess, and we forgot the salt. How many know perception, the expectation is so much different than reality. And I found that this is so much, so often this is life. We find ourselves getting frustrated in our journey of faith, really because the process doesn't reflect the promise. So we find ourselves frustrated, discouraged. Really, I think one of the problems that we have is we tend to think of faith only in terms like suddenly and supernatural and unexpected and revival. We think of faith in terms of these big, extraordinary moments. And listen, I'm down with that too. I can believe God for the miraculous. He's still a miracle working God. But the question I'm after today is what happens when we get frustrated in our journey, when we struggle in our faith? Really, I think the reason many of us struggle is because what we're actually saying, if we can just simplify this for a moment, is we're saying, God, I thought it was gonna look different than this. We struggle in our faith because we think, God, I thought it was going to be different. I thought that I would be married by now. I thought I would have the promotion by now. I thought we'd be able to have kids by now. I thought I'd be healed by now. I thought that lost child would come back to Jesus by now. I I thought that I'd be walking in my purpose by now. I thought I would have received my breakthrough by now. What we're saying is many times it's just not happening the way that I thought. I found myself just reflecting this week. Sometimes faith just, it takes faith to follow. Sometimes it just takes faith to take another step, to be faithful. Sometimes it just takes faith to follow because sometimes we just forget this reality that with every purpose or every promise comes a process. Actually, I found the greater the promise, the greater the process. Literally every person in the scriptures had to walk through a process that didn't match their promise. Look at Joseph, promised that he would have influence and significance, but what was the process? Betrayal, backstabbing, false accusation. Look at Moses, promised the promised land, but he had to walk through the wilderness. Elijah was promised rain, but had to walk through the drought. Even Jesus was given a promise but had to walk through a process and there in the garden, he knelt down and prayed, God, are you sure? Because the process doesn't match the promise that I was given. And see, this is why God is so smart. Notice the wisdom of God because he will always tell us the promise, but he never tells us the process. Why? Because if he told us the process, what would happen is we would say, "Uh, God, I didn't sign up for that. 
I quit, not what I expected. But God never tells us the process because he knew we would quit. God tells us the promise. Why? So we can trust and so we can walk by faith, not by sight. We can trust the promise. And let me encourage some people today. We serve the promise-making and the promise-keeping God. He is faithful. He's faithful. Every promise he makes, he will keep it. It's just who he is. The Bible says faithfulness is who God is. It's not what he does. It's not something he might be able to do. God is faithful. And every promise that he speaks will come to pass. I just want to remind you today, God's, the word says God operates differently than we do. His thoughts are greater. His ways are higher. He is beyond us, which means that if we're not careful, we oftentimes think that God should act the way that we do. We're given a promise. God will be with us. But the process oftentimes looks different. And many times we think, God, you promised to be with me, so you have to do what I think. But God says, that's not the case. You are given a promise. Let me just tell you today. You're given a promise and you can hold on to that promise. His word is secure, but you gotta let go of the process. You gotta let go of the process to say, God, I'm holding on to the promise But wherever it is that you're leading me, I let go of the process. And this is the context of Acts chapter seven because we encounter a man named Stephen. And as I was studying this passage, I thought, wow, what an incredible man of God who got heaven's attention, who caused the son of God to stand up, who got heaven's applause, who got heaven's recognition. He must've had, he must've preached an incredible message. He must've had an impressive ministry. I mean, this guy's life, like, Man, he must have been successful and significant and influential. So I look back one chapter to the moment Stephen was called, Acts chapter six. Let's read it together. It says, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against them, arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the 12 summoned the full number of disciples and said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint for this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Not really the heroic story I was expecting. Not really the heroic moment we would expect from someone who got the son of God to stand up. See, Stephen, he was just a solution to a leadership problem. The the disciples said, we need to take care of widows and preach the gospel, but we can't do both. So let's get someone to help us with this. Stephen stumbled into ministry because of somebody else's need. And he was serving, waiting tables for widows, serving people, the least of these, people who could do nothing for him in return. It's a noble task, but it's unseen oftentimes unrecognized, many times unappreciated and unnoticed, but he was just being faithful, just showing up for his job. It's easy for us to feel like faithfulness doesn't lead us anywhere. I was reminded what Hudson Taylor, a great missionary who was responsible for bringing the gospel to China, he says this, he says, a little thing is a little thing, but faithfulness in a little thing is a big thing. Can I tell you today, God still cares about faithfulness. 
Stephen served people who could do nothing for him. He wasn't working for tips. He wasn't serving out of ambition. He wasn't trying to climb the ministry ladder. He wasn't working an ulterior angle or ulterior motive. He was just being faithful. Sometimes the things that God will call us to do may seem small. God may call you to do something that seems insignificant, that seems like a little thing, but can I just tell you, the Bible says, even a cup of water that you give in my name will be rewarded. God never overlooks faithfulness. It may seem small, it may may seem insignificant, but the real boss is upstairs and he always sees faithfulness. It never goes unrewarded. God always sees and he still cares about faithfulness. And that's what I'm after today. It was Jim Elliott who became a missionary in the 1950s to Ecuador, to the Auca Indians. Before leaving for the mission field, he studied at Wheaton College. At college, he would keep a journal. That journal would become a biography about his life after his own martyrdom. And he wrote this in the journal. He recorded, many people attend college without a clear idea of what they're there for, except to vaguely get an education. But I wish to seal the degree of AUG, approved unto God. What makes the son of God stand up? I have a picture of Jesus today standing to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I wanna tell you today, the only three letters that matter at the end of your name is not B-A or M-A or P-H-D. It's A-U-G. I wanna be approved unto God. Come on, he cares about faithfulness. I want my life, when I get to heaven, to say, God, I've done, I've been faithful with what you've been giving me. For God to look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But this is where the Holy Spirit began to speak to me this week because as I began to understand something about the life of Stephen, unpacking what makes the Son of God stand up? What was it about this guy's life? Let's go back to Acts chapter six and verse five. I wanna point something out to you. It says this, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. A man full of faith. I invite some of our helpers to come help me illustrate this. I promise you this is gonna help you. Once you get this revelation, man, I'm fired up about this. I promise you I'm gonna make you shout today. We learned something about Stephen. Are you with me? We learned something about Stephen because what's taken notice of him is not his personal life. It's not his family. It's not his significance or achievements. The Bible says the one thing that mattered about this guy is that he was full of faith. And then it clicked for me. So the man that was full of faith spent his life in faithfulness. You see it yet? Faithfulness. So faithfulness being the quality, really faithfulness. It is full of faithness. Come on, it's bad grammar, but it's good theology. (laughs) Telling you today, faithfulness. And this is what I began to realize. Stephen was only able to serve faithfully because he had a quality about him that was full of faith. Don't get concerned. This is Marco. He's one of our college students. Someone in the last service said, hey, you're being a little violent with the students up there. So (laughs) roughing him up a little bit. Stephen, he was only able to be faithful because he was full of faith. This is really what began to challenge me because we think of faithfulness just as enduring. 
We think of faithfulness as just lasting, as just trying to make it another day, as just perseverance and sticking it out. That's not what faithfulness is. See, faithfulness is full of faithness. And full of faithness comes when we begin to understand, Stephen, how did he show up for the job and be faithful every day? Not looking for significance, not looking. I have to believe that Stephen didn't show up begrudgingly. He didn't have a spirit of obligation. The whole reason he was able to be faithful is because he was defined even before he got to the role as being full of faith, serving widows, preaching a message, even to the very point of death. What makes the son of God stand up? I have to believe it's full of faithness. Faithfulness comes out of our ability to be filled up in faith. What is faith? Come, come help me real quick. What is faith? The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, Faith is not uh, wishful thinking. Faith isn't a feeling. Faith isn't just a hope that, uh, maybe God. No, no, no. Faith, the Bible says, is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of what I do not see yet. See, faith is the ability not just to hope. Faith is the ability to be sure in God's word. It's the ability to say, if God promised it, he will do it. And I've got some faith in a faithful God. And this is what I have to believe is that to be faithful, really it comes out of being full, come on, full of faith. And not just full of faith in myself, not just full of faith in my circumstance. No, I'm full in God's faithfulness. Come on, there's some people today that need to be filled up and reminded God is a faithful God. And if my faith can be stirred up knowing that God is faithful, guess what? There's something that happens in me that I'm full of faith and that therefore allows me to be faithful. Come on, I wanna remind some people today, I don't play the stock market, but God has stock in your future. He is infinitely invested in you. Come on, let me remind you, God is more passionate about your purpose than you are. He is faithful. And if he promised it, he will do it. God is a faithful God and we can allow ourselves to be filled up by his faithfulness. So how do we be faithful? Man, today I thought all of us would agree. God, I wanna be faithful. I want faithfulness to mark my life. I wanna look back over the course of my journey however much time I got and say, I want to be faithful. But faithfulness is not just, uh, I'm doing it for God. I'm doing my, show up to work another day, but God sees it, right? No, I don't want, I don't just want to know if you can last. I want to know if you have faith for it. I want to know if you can be filled up in God's faithfulness to know it's a hopeful conviction. Everything he said will come to pass. I may not see it, but I have an assurance. God has not forgotten me. I may not be able to understand. This seems inconsistent. The process may not make sense, but guess what? I have to hold on to the conviction. My God is faithful. And I want to declare that over you today. God is faithful. Come on, let's give him praise today. He's faithful. He's faithful. So many times we feel like, God, this isn't what I signed up for. God, this isn't what I had in mind. Let me encourage you today. Just because you're in process doesn't mean that God has abandoned his promise. Just because you're in process doesn't mean God has abandoned his promise. And the word says that God is faithful and the moment we open up the scriptures, we find our story and ourselves rooted in a long history of God's faithfulness. 
That's why Habakkuk chapter two, the Bible says, maybe you've heard it before, the just will live by faith. Let me give you another translation. It actually says that the righteous, if we're to, to translate that, it says the righteous will live by his faithfulness. So what is the word telling us? God is saying, when you go through a process that seems inconsistent with the promise, don't put faith in your circumstance. You don't put faith in your situation. We live and see and understand. We, are, we live by his faithfulness. Faithfulness means loyalty. It means consistency. That when everything else around me seems inconsistent, God is always consistent. The promises he spoke to me will come to pass, whether it's here on earth or in eternity. I had a realization a number of years ago. Everything I pray for is going to happen. How do I know? Because God always fulfills his word. I understand I may pray for healing, but guess what? I don't care, God, if you do it here on earth or in eternity, but there will be a place where there is no more sin, no more shame, no more sickness or disease. We're, we're on our way. And this faith rises up in us to begin to understand we serve a faithful God. He will be faithful. Come on, generation after generation. He's a faithful God and he will be faithful to you. If he said it, he will do it. Every promise he makes will come to pass. He will never leave you or forsake you. His faithfulness will never fail. In other words, I can be full of faith that God is consistent. I can be full of faith and that fullness in what God said and what God is doing in my life allows me to live a life of faithfulness. And let me encourage you, God still cares about faithfulness. So where's my breakthrough? God, what are you doing? Everything around me may seem inconsistent. Man, let's get full of faith. God is faithful. That's why the Bible says faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. It means that faithfulness is the byproduct of what happens when the Holy Spirit is working in your life. Faithfulness is not something that I can try and muster on my own or sustain on my own or stir up by myself. Faithfulness is what happens when God's Holy Spirit is at work in me. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, there is a faith declaration that rises up to say, I know my God is faithful. Let me just tell you today, when we have that recognition, when we have that faith declaration that God is faithful, I just believe there's nothing I can't walk through. I may seem like it's, it's not consistent. God, you promised me this. This isn't what I signed up for. It's taken longer than I thought. Man, I thought things were gonna be different in 2020. God is still faithful. He's a faithful God. I'm just here to encourage you today. It's a simple message, but let's not forget Let's not let his faithfulness just become white noise, okay? God is faithful. This is my question. I don't just wanna help you get through your process. I wanna help you to have faith for it. Hello. I don't wanna just help you to make it, to last, to say, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, my job is not really what, but I'm gonna go on, oh, my, my marriage seems like it's, I, I don't wanna know if you can make it. I wanna know if you have faith for it. You still have faith for your job? You still have faith for your family? You still have faith for your kids? You still have faith for your marriage? It's so much, faithfulness is so much bigger than just lasting. The Christian life isn't about just surviving. I wanna know if you have faith for it. Maybe you may not be convinced today, but that's why this moment is so powerful. 
So we're going to take a moment and we're going to get some faith. We're going to take a moment and worship today. We're going to believe. See, faith, it's the divine persuasion that God's promises, his word, what he said, it will never fail. So I may not be convinced today. I just believe in a room this size, there may be people that feel like they're walking through hell. 2020 took a lot from me. May feel like, you know what? This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I had in mind, God, when you promised me that. You may not be convinced today, but that's why we have to allow. See, this is, this is what's so, such an important realization today. So if you feel like you're lacking in faith, if you're not filled up in faith, we have to go to the faith giver. We can't just go, oh, I need more faith. Mm-mm. Because in this moment of worship, what begins to happen is we're reminding our souls that I can rely on God. In the moment of worship, we open up our mouth, we sing. Haven't you found it funny? Haven't you noticed that as you worship, worship displaces worry. Worship begins to displace fear. It displaces the critical spirit and the cynicism. It displaces anxiety at the center of our lives. Worship begins to displace it because we're reminding our souls that we can rely on his faithfulness. I wanna tell you today, as we worship in this moment, I just believe the Holy Spirit is gonna breathe on his people today. I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna do something in our life that's gonna produce a faith in his faithfulness. And as we get that realization, it's gonna turn into faithfulness in our life. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I wanna read you one last passage of scripture. I wanna challenge you to put this into practice. Listen, Hebrews chapter 10, it's the best biblical picture of faithfulness that I can find. I wanna read it to you in the message version. Verse 24. Man, these are powerful four words. Paul writes, so let's do it. Let's do it. Whatever you have for me, whatever you're, wherever you're leading me, whatever the process looks like, God, whatever you say, let's do it. Let's go. Come on, church. This is, this is a powerful faith declaration. What, what powerful three words just to begin to offer in this moment. Let's do it. It's like signing a blank check to God and saying, God, whatever you have for my life, let's do it. Whatever it looks like, let's do it. Whatever the process, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. How do we do it? He says, full of belief. Let's do it, full of belief. Let's be confident that we're presentable inside and out, that we are approved unto God, that God honors faithfulness, that He sees faithfulness. Let's do it. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. Come on, this is faithfulness. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. And then he says this, God always keeps his word. God always keeps his word. He is always faithful. Come on, stretch your hands out today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.